Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. This year, our theme is I Am Your God from Ezekiel 34. We believe that God alone is everything we need in these uncertain times and so we desire to put all of our trust in Him. We have Pastor Geshom sharing with us today on the God who goes before us. As followers of Christ, it only makes sense to say that if we have Christ at the head and we are following after Him. So often we find that instead of our so often we find that instead of that position, we are guiding Jesus into our plans and insisting that He bless them. We hope that today's word realigns your position with respect to God and you find yourself right in the middle of His will for your life. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. Even as we take some time to dwell in God's word and see what God has to teach us. Even as we started this year, we started by saying that He is our God alone. There's no one else. We also went on to say that He is holy, that His presence, His very nature is holiness. And we also went on to say that He saves us. He wants to rescue us from sin. He wants to rescue us and give us eternal life. And we also saw that, you know, he just doesn't want to heal our bodies and this physical pain that we many a times are going through. But he also wants to do something internal. And we learned the power of his blood, the finished work of the cross, that when we see the cross, we see completion. We don't see brokenness. When we see the cross, we see wholeness. And it's through that we see that God alone can do this. Jesus alone can do this. And even as we make that declaration as uh, something that we live by every day, Today, I want us to take us on on the same journey, continue on. And the title of this sermon is, I am your God who goes before you. Yes, you heard me right. I am your God who goes before you. You must be wondering, I always thought God was, you know, seated above in the heavenlies and, you know, he could see everything. Yes, the Bible says he's seated in the heavenlies. He, you know, uh, can, uh, he knows Everything. In fact, he's the author of time. He, he controls time. He, when he sees earth, he can see everything and everyone. Yet he is a God who wants to go before us. He wants us to follow him. And today this might sound simple, but I believe it's something which we honestly have to ask God. God, if there are areas in my life, which I have leaned on my own understanding, areas in my life where I trust my own self, my own strength, my own abilities, and I'm not allowed you to go before. Today, um, when we look at the scriptures, we see that every person who decided to follow God in the Old Testament, who decided to follow the God of Israel, who decided to, uh, you know, take that step of faith, allowed God to go before them, allowed God to direct them. In the New Testament, we see that when Jesus came, people followed Jesus physically. And we saw later on that the Holy Spirit led them to places. So today we are not going, you know, into this world, uh, you know, without any clue or, you know, we're just not going without any blueprint. We have the God who knows even my tomorrow and my day after tomorrow and my future. We're going with him who's leading the way. And my question to you today is, is he your God who's going before you? Our reference passage today is from Micah chapter 2. And I want to read that particular passage from Micah chapter 2 verses 12 to 13. And this is what it goes on to say. Reading from the message version and it says, I'm calling a meeting, Jacob. I want everyone back, all the survivors of Israel. I'll get them together in one place, like sheep in a fold, like cattle in a corral, a milling throng of homebound people. Then I, God, will burst all confinements and lead them out into the open. They'll follow their king. I will be out in front leading them. I'm reading the same passage from the Amplified Version and this is what it says. The breaker, the Messiah who opens the way shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out, pass through the gate and go out. So their king goes on before them, the Lord at their head. And even as we see this passage from the book of Micah, Micah was this prophet who was there uh, in the period between where uh, Judah and Israel were present. And they uh, he's a contemporary of Isaiah. And you see that, you know, they were living in a time where God uh, was not important, 
where they, you know, they, they in fact had, uh, too much of wealth. They had too many things happening around them that they forgot God. And Micah was this prophet who was telling, hey, because you've forgotten God, you've started doing things which are not the way of the God of Israel. When God commanded his people and when he led them out of Egypt and when he set them apart in the land of Canaan, when he brought them to the land of, you know, which was flowing with milk and honey, there were certain commandments. He said, if I have to be your God, you cannot be like the people who are around you. And what does that look like? We'll see uh, as we read on from Micah chapter uh, 2 verses 1 onwards, what the people were actually, uh, you know, doing in that land and what turned God's face away from his people. And it's important that, you know, you might be wondering, okay, Geshem, you're reading from Micah, which happened so many centuries back. Is it even relevant today? It's relevant today because we are the same kind of people. It's relevant today because we still have the same mindsets. Yeah, we have advanced, we have technology, we've traveled, we've globalized, we kind of like have are interconnected everywhere. All that is right. We're still the same kind of people with the same kind of mind and spirit, which is passed through generations. And some of the things that God detests, we still are doing it today. We are probably doing it in ways which are far bigger than what was done earlier. And God wants us to repent so that we'll get on our knees and we'll say, God, you go before us and you lead the way. Even as we go on to read from Micah chapter 2, we'll see that, you know, God's patience wore out. Yes, God's patience wore out. God time and again brought prophets after prophet to tell them, do what is right. Do what is right. It came to a point where they literally, literally closed the doors on the God of Israel. And they said, you know what, God, we don't want you. Because, you know, probably what you're demanding is too much. What you're asking of us is too much. Whereas we'll go to the gods of our neighboring lands. They seem more pleasant. They seem more, uh, you know, attractive to our eyes. They seem more pleasant to the needs of our flesh. They need, they, they, they make us want things here. They, 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 they lure us in different aspects and God's patience was worn out. So today, church, even as we are meditating, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will start working through each and every one of us. Even as I was preparing this week, God worked in and through me in so many ways. My, uh, so many things came up, you know, which I'm really embarrassed by to think like, you know, and I realized that we are all human. We all have the same struggles, things of greed, things of, you know, wanting more. And as we read through, if the Holy Spirit is reminding you of something, it's because God wants us to let go of some things and ask him, can you go before me, Lord? Because when God goes before, there are so many things that we'll start leaving behind. And God wants us to do that. So can we read from Micah chapter 2 verse 1 onwards? And this is what it says. Woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil on their beds. When the morning dawns, they perform it because it is in the power of their hand. They covet fields and seize them and houses and take them away. They oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. Even as I was reading this, I was convicted. It comes down to abuse of power. Today, a lot of us are leaders in our own right. Leaders probably in the companies that we are working, we probably are leading a team. You know, for those of us who are running our own homes, we are leaders. And God reminded me today, church, are we abusing power that is within our hands? It says here, they plotted and they devised wickedness in the night when they were sleeping. In the morning, they went ahead and did it because the power was in their hands. Today, are we treating the people right? Are we going out? It says here they coveted fields. Today, what are we coveting? You're like, Geshom, there's nothing to cover. I think I have everything. No, we quietly are coveting. We don't probably tell it out loud. Today, when we are scrolling through that Instagram feed, when we see someone else's wife, are we coveting it? Today, when we look through someone else's house on that feed, are we coveting their fields? Are we coveting their houses? Are we coveting their lives? Today, we don't have to go far and wide. We have everything right in front of us. Today, we don't have to actually feel jealous. We can look at something on our screens and feel jealous about someone. We can start devising in our heads and thinking in our heads, you know, wicked thoughts. And when time comes, we can start becoming unkind. What is in the power of our hands today? Because today God's wanting us to refine those areas. God wants us to make us pure. And when we decide to follow God, all these things can't accompany 
we cannot follow God with all of this. Eventually, as we follow God, these are things that will have to change. And today, as we commit to following God and we say, God, go before me, can this change? Can we become people who are content with things that God has blessed us with? You know, when we covet something, it's not meant for us at that point to have. It's not meant for us to, you know, uh, indulge in at that point of time. God's blessed us. God's taking us through a journey. And many of us, you know, are so happy by the lawn of someone else's house because they watered it and they have spent time. We fail to spend time that we do not water it. We do not take care of it. And we think, you know what, why are they having it better? But we do not know the struggles that they have gone through. We do not know the hard yards that they have gone through to have what they actually are having and enjoying. We don't know what are the quiet prayers that they are praying every day. So today, even before we take things into our hands and start acting on it, can we ask God, God, I'm here right now. Can you please forgive me? I do not want to be like those people because your anger was towards them. Let's continue on reading from Micah chapter 2 verses 8 to 11 onwards. And this is what it goes on to say. But lately my people have stood up as an enemy and have made me their antagonist. You strip the ornaments of the garment of those unsuspecting passerbys, like those returned from war. You evict the women, widows of my people, each one from her pleasant house. From her young fatherless children, you take away my splendor and blessing forever by putting them among the pagans away from me. Arise and depart because the captivity is inevitable for this land is not the place of rest because of the defilement that brings destruction, a painful and terrible destruction. If a man walking in a false spirit sprouting deception should lie and say, I will prophesy to you, O Israel, of wine and liquor, greed, sensual pleasure, he will be the acceptable spokesman of this people. Today, a lot of us can see ourselves in some place or the other fitting into this. We see a people treating others wrongly. They, in fact, were, it says here they were stripping the ornaments of those who are walking past. The innocence, are we preying on the innocence of people? Are we going after the innocence of people? It says here they acted in a way where they were dishonoring of widows, of the fatherless. Mind you today, God will stand on behalf of them and fight their battles. That's what scripture says. His heart goes towards the broken. And today, just because we have something, let's not lord it over the people who are around us. Let's be compassionate. Let the nature of God who goes before us overflow into our lives so that we can start becoming the change that God wants us to be. Because in due time, the people who are under us will all see that this is only because they are following Jesus. There's a warning here. It goes on to say that people, in fact, have elevated people who are telling them or prophesying them or leading them towards a place and telling what they want to hear. Today, the word of God, as much as it reveals, it also corrects. It disciplines us. And as the word of God disciplines us, we need to receive it. We need to apply it. And we need to ask God for forgiveness. Today, if there's one thing that will pull us away from God is the fact that is we can actually go and find teachings which will be soothing to our ear, which will be comfortable for your ear, which will be, you know, things that will be, uh, which will attest to the lifestyle that we are living. There are many teachings outside, but if you're staying true to what God's called you to do, if you're staying true to what God's given you and or God's showing you in his word, and if correction is there, God wants you to mend your ways. Correction is tough. Discipline is tough. Today, as a parent, we discipline our kids because we love them. Today, a loving God disciplines us. He corrects us. So let us not hold on to, you know, the interpretations of what others are giving it based on their convenience. We are not living our lives here on earth based on other people's convenience or whatever they have been interpreting. We are living our lives here on this earth because of what the word of God says and because what the word of God tells us to do. And today following Jesus is not going to be easy. Time and again, I keep telling people who I come across who are saying, you know, I really want to follow Jesus. Yes, it requires hard work. 
It is hard work because the minute you decide to follow Jesus, there is an enemy who's out to get you. There is an enemy who's waiting to make sure, you know, that he can put doubt in every step that you take. And remind me, faith, you know, is exercised where doubt is present. So today, if you're doubtful of in this journey, faith has to be exercised there. What is the faith that you can exercise? Last week we heard, you know, faith as small as a mustard seed. We are not called to increase our faith. We are called to have faith. And so today, can you have faith in the God who's going before you? You know, today, how many of us actually trust Google Maps? If I have to ask you that question, probably a lot of us will raise our hands. We all trust Google Maps because we believe that it will take us to our destination. It's worked on so much by these developers. They have done a good job. You believe and you have faith that it will take you. Yes, there might be a few hits and misses. It might take you to the second signal and then ask you to take a uh, U-turn instead of taking the U-turn, the first signal itself. Yes, small glitches are there. But predominantly, I would say 95% of our trust is there that we will reach our destination because we have someone guiding us. And this is for us today, if we want to go from point A to point B. Today, when we decide to follow Jesus, he is our guide. He is our light. His word is a lamp. And so today, if he is going to direct us, we need to have faith in him to direct it and to take that step in faith and go. And so every time you take that step of faith, doubt minimizes. Every time you take a step of faith, the lies of the enemy diminishes. Every time you take a step of faith, you start understanding that the life that you're living here on this earth is far bigger than what you can dream or imagine. The plans that he has for you is just not for you or your family. It's for far bigger things. He wants to do bigger things in you so that you'll be a witness to him in this watching world. This world is watching. This world is watching and seeing how is this guy having peace in the midst of such turmoil? How is this guy having so much calmness when things around are going crazy? It's because you're following the living God. It's, be it's because you're following the God of truth. His word brings peace. His word brings clarity. His word brings direction. And today, we can find ourselves in the same place where Israel was if we choose to not follow God, we'll give in to all of these. We can subscribe to different RSS feeds of different world views. But we need to have a God view. Because when we have a God view, we'll see the world for what he's created. And we won't see the world for what people are telling it to be as. And so our understanding changes immediately. We'll start experiencing God's love and we'll start showcasing God's love to the people around. So today, even as you allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through you, my prayer is that even as you hear these two questions, they will resonate, they will start working in and through you and you'll be able to make the right decision. The choice is ours. So the first question I want to ask you, church, today is, are we following our God who is going before us? Are we following our God who is going before us? And your question might be, Geshom, if God's going before me, will he be watching my back? And the truth is, God does watch your back. He, in fact, guards your back. I want to read a verse from Isaiah, and it goes on to say in Isaiah 52, verse 12, but you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your dear God. This God who goes before you is also guarding you in the back. So today, you know, I've always uh, wondered, you know, the people you read time and again, God protected them. God protected them. When you see, um, when you see the way Israel actually came out of Egypt and where they were set, God protected them. God's telling today, will you look to me and would you allow me to lead you? So as I allow God to lead me, I need to let go of the steering wheel. I cannot hold onto the steering wheel and allow God to actually, uh, you know, uh, go where I would like. I know he'll 
lead me in the right direction you know i'm reminded of this song uh, which was sung by carrie underwood called jesus take the wheel take it from my hands i can't do it on my own and honestly a lot of the times we want to be the driver we want to be our own savior we want to do everything by ourselves but in this christian walk jesus is saying i am going to go ahead of you i want to be with you you know a lot of us today god's actually placed us in a place where we are forerunners a lot of us in church today are forerunners in faith you're the only soul person in your family who's been saved and you're a forerunner in your faith and you know god does not want you to do it alone jesus is saying hey let me run before you so that i can clear certain things for you i can lead you in the right direction a lot of you are forerunners in the area of business god saying hey i want to be you know the one who's actually leading you in this journey a lot of us are struggling in our marriages and god is saying hey i want to be a forerunner in this area for you i want to be you know going right in front of you for those of you who are struggling in life as single parents you know god saying hey can i come you're already you know having the heavy weight of doing two jobs two roles you're holding two roles but can i be the one who's running ahead of you so that i can direct you i can teach you i can give you insight into how you have to be how you have to do things but this means that i need to let go of the wheel i need to let go of the driver's seat and allow god to take me and you know sometimes when god takes us on this journey it's going to be tough when god takes us on this journey it's going to be slow when god takes us on this journey it might not look like what others around us are experiencing but can we trust god because he has a way he has a process he wants to do something in and through us and you know as i was thinking about this god you know many a times when we decide to follow you you know it's not the sins that actually um, derail us in following him you know the minute when we actually have to commit a sin our heart is already given room for something else our heart is already uh, longing for something else which is not of god but there are so many other smaller things that we camouflage and we cover it up and we kind of like make it look like you know i think this is also god's idea and you know a person had written snag the word snags many a times these snags are the ones which are occupying the central place and so today god's asking what are these snags are you willing to let go of it for some of us if it's sin god's telling you need to come to the cross and ask for forgiveness when we ask for forgiveness god's willing to forgive us and set us on the right track but for a lot of us these snags which derail us are you know for some of us it's family for some of us it's our spouse for some of us it's our kids for some of us it's our jobs for some of us it's pleasing our boss so that we'll never get kicked out for some of us it's the bank balance that we have that we you know we feel secure for some of us these snags become our health our looks our status in society for some of us it could be even the very fact of the lineage of our family name these snags will derail us and we will not see god going before us and the beauty about allowing god to go before us is all these starts crumpling when we actually start taking that step of faith every time every time we take that step of faith we'll realize god you know what my children thank you for trusting me with children but i know i'm i don't have enough to actually give into them or i lack in this but i can trust you to lead me in parenting well or god you know you've provided this job for me but it's really tough god i need you to come through i cannot be a people pleaser but give me favor god will go before you that's what i love god wants to go before you and straighten those crooked paths straighten those things which we are striving so hard he wants to do it will we allow him to do it so today even as these snags become part and parcel of our lives we suddenly become proud of it we suddenly become you know we have this a fake sense of security faith is on that more than on god and god reminded me of this verse and i've never seen it i've heard about it it seems more like a moral proverb but when i read it it made more sense to me proverbs chapter 16 was 18 a lot of you will know this pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall 
pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall and god reminded me geshom there are certain areas in your life that you're very proud of you probably have done it time and again that you f- think that you can accomplish it without me but i am not in that journey at all i am not in that journey at all and god convicted me and i had to repent and to say god i'm really sorry god i didn't uh, i didn't mean to drive this vehicle all by myself can you lead the way can you go before me lord because today if we have pride in us jesus is not you know before us leading us the way if we have a haughty spirit if we have a spirit which says you know what i don't need god i think i've i know everything i think i can you know figure things out god's not present there leading us and i don't know today what is bogging you down or today i don't know what are the questions that are you know probably crumbling your spirit today but if we can redirect it and say god can you please take the wheel can you please take me on this journey where you're going before i want you to lead me lord and his promise is that when he leads he'll also guard our back he'll also guard our back because the back is tempting because the back is where we have comfort the back is where you know we can just go back you know recline on our recliners eat that comfortable hot maggi noodles and think life is okay but god saying hey no i need you to put the hard work take that step of faith let's go god's going to guard that he will make sure that we don't go back to our old life he'll make sure that we won't go back to that old addiction he'll make sure that we won't go back to that old space of having this different spirit which doesn't believe and need the help of god or becomes prideful of the work that we do or the place that we are at god wants to protect us god wants to examine us and time and again protect us and so when we decide to follow jesus when we decide to follow god and when he's going before us we are moving more and more we are inching more towards holiness and we are leaving things that do not belong in his presence outside we are moving closer to him we are moving away from sin we are moving more towards holiness and so when we allow jesus to lead the way you'll soon realize things that mattered to you 5 years back do not matter to you now because they do not matter to god relationships that really you thought were meaningful and you know were like we thought were the life of the party 5 years down the line you will soon realize they are harmful relationships yes god will use you to reconcile to bring light but he'll also say hey some relationships you just need to cut i am their savior you're not their savior are you willing to let go and allow god to go before you can we read psalm 139 verses 1 to 6 and this is what it says god investigate my life get all the facts first hand i am an open book to you even from a distance you know what i'm thinking you know when i leave and when i get back i'm never out of your sight you know everything i'm going to say before i start the first sentence i look behind me and you're there then up ahead and you're there too your reassuring presence coming and going this is too much too wonderful i can't take it all in you know even as i was reading this passage my favorite passage actually comes 139 verses 7 onwards which goes on to say you've created my inmost being you know and it talks about how he's uh, you know really created each and every one of us in his image so intricately but as i read this i was amazed at the fact that god already knows everything it's too much for me to comprehend in my mind it's too much for me to understand but god saying hey if i go before you i'll when time comes i will reveal things to you the plan that i have for your life i'll reveal it to you as long as you're on this course where i'm leading the way and so today for those of you having those doubts for those of you who've been struggling you've been constantly looking back and you've taken that u turn to your old life god's saying today can i come back and lead you i lead you to life i don't lead you to death i lead you to peace i lead you to joy i lead you to wholeness i lead you to place where you're beautiful I don't lead you to a place where you're crumbling. Can we trust him? Can we have faith? So today the question is are we willing to depend on him wholeheartedly? Not just a little bit. Oh Lord, I can depend on you a little bit no, but wholeheartedly can we depend on him? 
and the beautiful thing is in the old in the new testament when we read the holy spirit is there who's journeying along with us he's there his spirit is there in us and that's why we always commit everything to prayer when we go outside when we come in when we are doing something the minute you commit it to pray and you say god let not my will but your will be done it's a beautiful declaration to say god you are going before me and i want to do anything that happens is happening according to your will and plan and purpose commit everything and anything to god today would you do that church i'm reminded of a incident that happened this week and as i was preparing the sermon in our house we had to take our dog to the vet and the first day when i had to take her uh, she had to go through a so a small uh, surgical procedure and uh, two days before that i had to take her for a blood test and i remember just you know putting the leash on and taking her she came she trusted me and she came and as the doctor was uh, you know drawing blood out and doing the blood test she was there sitting knowing that i was next to her and then two days later when everything came through the doctor said yes we can do the procedures this come in i took her when they administered the sedation when they put her through anesthesia you know she was there she was seeing me and i was just as i was preparing my sermon also on the side i was waiting there for the next couple of hours uh, till the procedure got over until she could come out as i was preparing god was reminding me geshom as a dog parent your dog follows you it takes you even as you take her through something painful she's coming quietly and going why do you question every time i lead you through some tough times and i personally have been battling the fact that i've been served in terms of my professional work there have been certain things that i've been praying for and believing and things that really haven't happened over a period of time and you know i've been saying god why is this happening and you know and i i'd been quietly going through this and there's been a lot of you know um grumbling literally that's been happening within me and god told me you are trying to control the wheel you need to let go if it's good for you it will be tough but i am with you and today church as that incident reminded me that i was trying to control something which was never meant for me to control at all it was meant for only god to control i believe a lot of us today are on that same journey where we are trying to control manage do some kind of like project management over it but god saying hey take your hands off completely let me go before you because when i lead you things will start changing in and through you everything that you think is right will be turned around you'll start seeing things the way i'm seeing it you'll have faith to take that step and it requires us to come down to a place where we humbly come down to our king come down to our lord come down to our god and say jesus please take the wheel you know when we take that step of faith and when we are stepping into a season probably it can be a new job for some of you probably for some of you it can be setting up a new home for some of you it could be committing to a relationship because you've already been battered and bruised by a previous one take that step of faith i am rem- reminded in jan 2013 when we decided to go and study for a year i rem- i we were midway into the flight as we were going through and the um, and the pilot said you know what you can see the northern lights and as i was looking there i was like god what have i gotten myself into here i'm uprooting a family of two kids and we are going on this journey why am i even doing this what is the future hold i thought my future was set there but god had a way of shaking it up that season seemed even more tough after landing there it was a season of anonymity when no one knew who i was when no one knew who we were but god was in that journey and today when i look back i know that god was going before me because if it was left up to me i would have pulled my hands out and said god i'm comfortable here i don't want to make that step of faith i don't want to go on that journey but when we decide to take that step of faith it's for something bigger that is yet to come it is for something greater that is yet to come we are not living in the moment but we're living for what god's preparing us for the future and so today church are you willing to allow god to go before you and hope the holy spirit will allow you to take some moment to make that decision and if not commit your ways to him go back to him and he wants to take the wheel and take charge so that he can lead you into your place of destiny
The second thing that I want to ask you today is, are we allowing our God to fight our battles for us? Are we allowing our God to fight our battles for us? When we decide to allow God to go before us, he's the first line of defense. When we allow God to go before us, he's the one who's going to step into that battle. And today there are so many areas in our lives where we are fighting the battles on our own. You know, today, if we allow him, if you have an addiction with regard to drinking, rather than me trying to, you know, find ways and steps, all that works. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you can say, God, my friends are inviting me to this party. Can you do something? And miraculously, God can turn things around and give you a way out. God did it for Joseph. He's faithful to do it for you. God did it for Daniel. He'll make a way out and he'll make your face shine brighter so that you will be an overcomer. And today, what is God asking you to step into so that he can fight your battles? Today, all of us are fighting personal battles. Some of us are fighting family battles. Some of us are fighting spiritual battles. Some of us are fighting, you know, professional battles. You can invite God into every battle in your life. Let's read from Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. The context for this is Moses was sent to go to Egypt and Pharaoh, after a whole series of plagues, let the Israelites leave Egypt. And when he left, God made sure he was evident to the people around knowing that he's protecting this uh, six lakh people who are actually walking out. Just imagine, he was like a, 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 a pillar of fire and he was like a cloud by day. It says here that he went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And in a night, during the night, he was like a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel both ways. And time and again, you see this God who went before, after this Exodus 14, you'll see how this God actually fought the battle for the Israelites in the Red Sea. Every one of Egypt's chariots, the entire army was drowned at the Red Sea. There was victory for Israel. What did the Israelites have to do? They didn't have to do anything. They just had to step into the provision of the miraculous that God had provided at that time. And today God's saying, will you allow me to fight the battle for you today? Today, when we ask God to fight our battles, our only stance is to stand there holding our ground. Yes, we have to stand there holding our ground. That is our stance to tell God, God, fight my battle. I'm standing here with you. We can't say, God, fight my battle and be reclining and watching a Netflix show. No, that doesn't work. God wants to fight the battle only when we are ready to fight. And that all happens only when we decide to follow him and when he goes before us. And so today, we will miss out on the blessing that God has for us if we do not allow God to fight our battles. Because when God fights our battles, our dependency is solely on him. We are only dependent on him. And if you read the Israelites, as they went on, you know, they started cribbing about the water not available. God provided water. They started cribbing about food. God gave them food. They weren't happy with vegetarian food. They asked for non-veg. God gave them quail. God provided time and again. He led them. But yet they grumbled and grumbled until they came to a place where they sent the spies out to go and come back. They had such disbelief that God was angry with those who actually had disbelief. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses recounts that. And he says an important thing which caught my attention. And I strongly feel that even as we are asking God to fight our battles, what is our stance? What is our stance today? Can we read from Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 26 to 36? It goes on to say, Yet you would not go up but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hated us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the land of the Amorites to destroy us. 
where are we going up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying, the people are greater and taller than we, the cities are great and fortified up to heaven, and besides, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and in the cloud by day to show you by what way you should go. And the Lord heard your words and was angered and he swore, not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephneh. He shall see it. And to him and to his children, I will give the land on which he has trodden because he has wholly followed the Lord. In verse 27, it says, And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us. Today, you know, we can come to a Sunday service or we can come to a Sunday online experience. We can raise our hands and say, you know what? I raise a hallelujah. We can raise a banner. We can say, you know, this is how I fight my battles because everyone around is saying the same thing and singing it. But when we go back home, what are we murmuring in private? That's very important. If we are saying, God, I'm going to allow you to go before me and I'm going to allow you to go fight my battles for me. Are we murmuring and saying God hates us? That's why he didn't do it for me. We can't be acting like spoiled children here. This literally sounds like spoiled children. They go into their tents and Moses says, they murmured and they said, the Lord hates me. The Lord never hated them, else he would not have provided for them. Moses goes on to say that it was like a father carrying his son. That's the way he led them in the wilderness. Mind you, when he led them, their sandals even didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. That's how God looked after them. He protected them. And today, God wants to do the same thing for you. But what is our stance today? Are we quietly murmuring deep within us? God, they have got it. Why have I not got it? God, they have the spirit of comparison is only going to diminish God in our own lives. The spirit of murmuring and complaining is going to, you know, remove God completely out of our lives. When we murmur and complain and when we compare and do all these things, we are actually making a vacuum where God cannot be present. And today God is saying, I want people who are going to follow me and know that if they follow me, I will fight their battles. And you'll see that only a handful were chosen to enter the promised land. I love what it says even in verse 29. The Lord, your God, who goes before you, will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Remember, these guys were witnesses to seeing God deliver them. These guys were witnesses to seeing that pillar of fire and that cloud going with them. Yet, they didn't have faith that God will fight their battles. So church, today I'm going to ask you, is there doubt in you that God will fight your battles for you? Because it's we we all are recipients of God's uh, favor. We are all recipients of God's miracle. Today, if I have to ask you five years back, did God do a miracle? If you think hard, you definitely will find few instances where he was really a miraculous God. He really did something that was far beyond what you have ever thought of. So today, let us build on that. Let's not build on disbelief. Let's not build on what the lies of the enemy are. These people gave into the lies of the enemy. When we give into the lies of the enemy, we start comparing and, you know, slowly discrediting who God is. And, you know, the minute you discredit someone, they're never going to be in your presence. The same thing is with God. This minute you discredit him, he's like, I have better things to do. And he's just going to be away. You know, I, I, I was editing a video this week of a person sharing his testimony. And he says he saw a vision of uh, Jesus standing at the door. 
And as Jesus is standing at the door, he saw that the door knob was only on one side of the door and the door's knob was on the side where he was standing and the door knob was not on the side where Jesus was standing. When we discredit him, it's like sending Jesus out and shutting the door and there's no door knob for him to actually enter it. That's why he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, he's not going to open, barge in and come in, even though he can because he's the one who created us. No, but he wants us to give that invitation saying, God, come in, come into my life. I want you to fight my battles for me, Lord Jesus. Those addictions, I want you to fight it, Lord. This, I've been out of an abusive relationship. I want you to fight my battles. I've, I've been through a traumatic childhood. I want you to fight my battles. I want you to go before me. I've been struggling in my work. In my, I'm, I, I struggle in the area of my work. I feel like I'm unable to find favor. They keep harassing me. I want you to come down. They find reasons to pick on me. I want you to fight my battles for me. And the more you read in the New Testament, our understanding of God's fighting our battles is different entirely. We don't live in the moment. We don't live in the moment like how the Israelites live, where they are going and pursuing a land and they get it. No, we live for eternity. And so today, as God fights our battles today here, our hope is that God, one day we're going to see you face to face. That's that's a far bigger prize for me than even the battles that we win here on this earth. And God will time and again give us victory here so that his name will be glorified. But our eternal hope is the fact that we'll get to see him face to face. Peter and Paul time and again encouraged the church as they were getting persecuted, as persecution arose, as things got came to a place where their faith was being tested. Yes, they did pray, God, you know, come fight the battles for us. God did stand in the gap. But when persecution arose, they also said, you know what, our end goal doesn't come here where we are fighting our battle so that we can live a comfortable life, where we can have everything going right for us here. No, their end result was the fact that we'll see him face to face. And that's the hope that we are living in today. So today, yes, God will fight our battles. He will want us to be overcomers. But our hope is also that in this journey, when we decide to follow him, our hope is that in eternity, we'll get to see him face to face. Because if we do not decide to follow him, we cannot see him in eternity face to face. As I mentioned, the Israelites murmured. I would ask you, instead of murmuring and complaining to ourselves, can we also take these questions back to God? Be genuine with God. Say, God, I've been struggling. I have this feeling of jealousy towards this person and I see that they are blessed. What is it that's going wrong in my life? Can you show it to me? He's willing to answer rather than you just grumbling within yourself. Allow him. He'll, he wants to give clarity to you. And in turn, he'll say, hey, this area of your life, you've not given control over to me. Can you give control over to me so that I can fight it for you? And today, God wants us to come to a place so that we'll be able to depend on him solely. The Israelites, time and again, when you see they wanted to build a kingdom, they wanted to have an army. God gave all that. But suddenly their dependence was on that. David, when he counted his army, was proud of what he had. Solomon built big buildings and everything. And they were known for that. They were proud about that. But they forgot God in the midst of all of that. They are the, the very God they chose to follow suddenly got sidetracked and they started doing something else different. And from then on, you see, they struggled to allow God to fight their battles for them. And so church today, as we close, I've asked these two questions. Would you follow God so that he'll be able to direct you in the right path and take charge and lead you? And would you allow God to fight your battles? He can only fight your battles when you've decided to follow him. So even as we close, I just want to pray and ask God that God will work in and through each and every one of us. He wants us to uh, change inside out. He wants us to take a step of faith. He wants us to move and he wants us to go before so that he can protect us, guard our backs and that he can fight our battles for us. So can we pray and close church? Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord Jesus. I pray even as right now, as people in the places that you're seated at, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would minister, Lord, right now. I pray, Lord, with hearts open, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, we wholeheartedly want to follow you. 
we are sorry lord for complaining we are sorry lord for murmuring we are sorry lord for discrediting who you are and right now with our lips and with our mouths if you can just raise your hands and say jesus we acknowledge you as lord and king and we want you to lead us we want you to go before us and we want you to fight our battles for us would you do that lord for us lord we thank you be with us lord jesus i pray that lord even as your children step into this week this week will be one of blessing this week will be one of strength this week will be one of wholeness lord jesus i pray they'll experience you i pray especially for those who've been struggling and fighting battles on their own they'll let go they'll hold on to you and they'll take that stand against the enemy to win ground lord jesus we thank you go before us leaders i pray lord that you'll bless the food and water of our homes i pray for protection as your children go out and come in I pray that Lord you would be with us. Bless the work of our hands Lord Jesus. And I pray that Lord you will strengthen every one of us Lord that we'll be able to live and do all that you've called us to do Lord Jesus. Be with us and bless us in your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church even as you step in this week step in boldness. Know that God is for you. God wants to fight your battles. God wants to strengthen you. And he wants to be with you every step of the way. So activate that faith. Ask him. Ask him all the tough questions, and step in boldness, knowing that he is for you. I pray that you'll have a blessed week, and God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing. and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life